the Weekly Hue Demon. Full steam ahead. Before he published The Prince, Machiavelli published The Seducer. Before he published a masterpiece of political philosophy, he published a comedy. The Mandragola, or The Mandrake, tells the story of Calimaco. And by the way, these Italian names, I, if I butcher them, forgive me, go back to Italy, whatever you want. Do the best I can. Anyway, it tells the story of Calimaco, a handsome young man and seducer of women. Calimaco hears about a Florentine beauty named Lucrezia and begins a conspiracy to, to seduce her. The problem is she's married. She's married to a wealthy old man who can't get her pregnant and they need a son to maintain their political position. Calimaco shows up disguised as a doctor and convinces her husband to give her a mandrake potion to increase her fertility. The problem is, Calimaco tells the old man, the first man who sleeps with her after she takes the potion will die. That's a problem. <laughs> they decide to find an unwitting dupe to have sex with her. Calimaco, in different disguise, becomes the dupe, much to his delight. And Lucrezia's. You see, at first she was hesitant to sleep with Calimaco, but she relented and, convinced it was divine providence, takes him as her lover indefinitely. So it's like a all's well that ends well type thing. It turns out well. The old man got his male heir, spawn of Climaco, and Climaco gets Lucrezia over and over again. So that's good, right? <clears throat> it all makes sense. The old man gets his heir, Lucrezia gets her son in stable marriage, and a young lover, Climaco, gets laid. The problem is, it's adultery. It's prohibited by the Sixth Commandment. But there were earthly ambitions at stake, Kalimaco's lust and the old man's societal position. If a rational plan, a design to accomplish an earthly goal, is impeded by an old legend from Mount Sinai, the old legend must be ignored. The Mandragola was practically a bizarro medieval morality play. Uh, Morality play in medieval times basically had a Christian moral. This is like the bizarro, like Superman bizarro, flip it over, completely opposite. Now I want to shift over to the prince. The same mental dynamic is in play. There is a clear earthly ideal in Machiavelli as a prince. Improvement or improvement, excuse me, of one's country and its rulers, bettering their position. All efforts must be rationalized from that ideal. Even the concept of quote-unquote virtue shifts and turns in Machiavelli's hands, depending on how a supposed vice or virtue must be used to accomplish those ideals. It sometimes means traditional notions of morality or virtue. It sometimes means whatever advances the ruler in his country, no matter how devious. And all those other things from Mount Sinai, like prohibitions against murder, stealing, and lying, they get sloughed off, Machiavelli tells us, by the good prince, just as long as the prince is furthering his and his country's interest in the process. Okay, now Machiavelli lived from 1469 to 1527, just before Descartes and Bacon, who I've pointed out before, are the builders of modernity's two-lane freeway. 
He lived as Christendom was nearing its final stage before crumbling. He lived to see the first years of the Reformation. He was born just after the Roman Empire completely fell. That's the fall of Constantinople in 1453. And shortly before, Columbus showed everyone that elementary geography lessons had always been wrong. He lived in that final stage I've written about, or talked about rather, in previous podcasts. After 200 years of upheaval and catastrophes, both physical and mental, Europe was strung out. I call it the Great Fatigue. The Great Fatigue first manifested, first manifested itself in literature through this proto-modernist, Machiavelli. He lashed onto an ideal, the ideal of a perfect ruler who advances his country and explained how to reach that ideal. For the good prince, all other considerations and rules are ignored if they don't fit into the logic that flows from the ideal. Murder and dishonesty, those are fine, as long as they're logically fitted into the, in, <clears throat> excuse me, into the ideals of promoting the ruler and his country. Adultery? That would be fine, too, as long as it furthers a rational ideal like it did in the Mandragola. Now, if you dig into Machiavelli's roots, you'll get to the real problem with rationalism. It rejects irrationalism. More precisely, it rejects as irrational anything that conflicts with a rationalist ideal. If an old man needs a son, and the traditional prohibition against adultery thwarts it, then the traditional prohibition against adultery needs to be eliminated. It's stupid to uphold the archaic prohibition when there's a greater good, i.e. rationalist ideal, at stake. By eliminating the prohibition on adultery, which is simply irrational in this situation, the old man was freed to attain the ideal of a male heir. The loosening of a myriad of irrational norms or customs that had developed over the centuries, became the drumbeat of freedom in the early stages of modernity, greatly celebrated by the rationalizing likes of Voltaire and the Enlightenment, who never missed an opportunity to attack a norm whose roots were so deep and intricate they could neither see nor understand it. Not a big fan of Voltaire and then the Enlightenment, you may figure out. They attacked things they didn't even understand. And that's a fact, by the way, that's not an opinion. All sorts of explanations, justifications, like yada, yada, yada. That's fine, but Voltaire, it's been proven just the things he said in retrospect. Like, he just, he just shot from the hip as a celebrity scholar. He had no idea that, well, he, what he was attacking. Often didn't, didn't even have his, have his facts right. Anyway, in the modern world, this all means that everything doesn't, that does not fit into the logical scheme that flows from rationalist ideals is rejected, often vehemently, by people who aren't aware that they're rationalizing from ideals that have little more substance than what their minds have told them. Now, I kind of like Machiavelli. He was, as I said, a proto-modern. He came early enough in the game that he knew what he was doing. He knew he was promoting ideals that weren't consistent with traditional rules, hence his use of the word virtue in different ways, almost as if he was like playing with or taunting traditional authorities probably in particular the, the Catholic Church. Now the real problem is, as modernity marched on, Machiavelli's approach became implicit. After Descartes explained, after Descartes explained why ideals should be celebrated and revered, everyone became Machiavellian, but they increasingly didn't even know it. 
They increasingly discarded norms and customs in pursuit of their rationalist ideals, but completely ignorant that they had to even embrace rationalist ideals. So anyway, what are some of these rationalist ideals? Well, they can mean many things. They might be stilted worldviews, like those that ensnared G.K. Chuston's maniac. And if you go to the blog, The Daily Demon, you'll see a, a brief essay on Chuston's maniac. They might be privileged poles in a new system of binaries that emanate from a new logocentrism in the terminology of Jacques Derrida. Such things, these rationalist ideals, restrict our thinking and our existence. They limit our development. And sometimes they morph into a type of rationalist or secular religion. They become ersatz religions in the terminology of Eric Vogelin. In light of the Cartesian tendency to elevate rationalist ideals to lofty status, they tend to attain deity status in our little rationalist pods. And when they do, they're serious trouble. Quote, for when gods fight among themselves, men have to die, unquote. That's Etienne Gilson from his excellent book, God and Philosophy, from Yale University Press, it's like 1952, something like that. So these rationalist ideas get elevated in our minds higher and higher and higher. They become little religions or basically secular religions like fascism or communism. A lot of our political beliefs are little religions or ersatz, fake religions. That's a major problem and we're going to be exploring these in great detail future podcasts.